0: Good morning, Identity Church. I hope y'all have had a great week. I I know that that we have had a bunch of change, even still. Um, my job changed, so you know there's a lot of just things moving right now. I mean, there's more things happening right now than I can shake a stick at. You know, and I'm just praising God that it's all going to be good. Do you know that that there are things that are happening? That Romans 8.28 says that he will work all things to the betterment, to the good of those who love him. You know, and called according to his purpose. You know, one of the things I think we miss in that scripture is called according to his purpose. So, if we understand that Jesus is going to call us up. How many people know I need an opportunity? I need some stuff to happen I I need the Holy Spirit to get on the hotline, you know, and tell me what to do next. There's some things that need to happen. I mean, we're stuck in some places and I need a tow truck to get me out of the ditch, right? Well, if you've got a ditch moment in your life, if something's happening, if there's a transition, then the hotline needs to come open. You need to get the phone and go, Jesus, I'm waiting on the call. But well, see, if you're called according to the purpose, that means that he's going to tell you what to do. He's going to put you on the right path. He's going to get you down the road. You know, that. I think most of the time we read those scriptures and we separate them all out. Well, I'm not called according to any purpose. I've never been called to anything in your life. Well, you know what? If you've got a problem that's going on, he's going to call you and give you a purpose for it. See, a lot of times we, we, we go, well, it's only the pastors that get that. Or it's only the 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 super dupers. Have you ever met a super duper? They're the people that that nothing goes wrong, right? They always have it all together. They look good. I mean, they got it. Look at these threads. Everything's great. I'm able to pay my bills. I'm able to do all that. Well, you know what? Even the super dupers have to rely on Jesus. You know what? The world right now is crying out and it is having, I mean, it is just having a revolt. And you go turn on social media, you go out there and watch YouTube, you go watch all these things that are going on in the world and you'll see half of them think are showing their best side. And then the other half is out there rioting in the streets. Well, you know what? its all, They're all rioting in the streets. Mentally, It's a constant riot. And you know what needs to happen? Is we need to say, if we're in a ditch, then we need to ask Jesus to get us out of it. And then once we get out of our ditch, we go and say, let's go take the hook up and let's go get some other people out of the ditch. Mm -hmm. You guys, you guys are tow trucks, is what you are. Sorry, (laughs) I know it doesn't sound real sexy, but you're a tow truck. You need to go pull some folks out of the ditch. See, a lot of times I think that we get into the midst of our life and we just, this ditch is pretty good. The ditch feels real good. I know this ditch. I ran in this ditch a long time ago and I've been been hanging out here. You know what? Get out of the ditch. You'll find out the road's a lot smoother. Amen? There's some people that need to take this and run with it. They need to start renewing their mind and start saying, there's good things coming. You know, that's why I've been preaching on this is because prayer and worship is what we see in our imagination. And I'm telling you, I'm starting to imagine some stuff. And when things come at me, when I start having uh, opportunities, you know, uh, I work in the technology field. And you'll find a vulnerability and you'll go talk to the vendor and the vendor will go, that's a feature. No, it completely destroys everything. Well, that's a feature. Just don't turn it on. Well, see, that's the thing. In our life, there's a feature that is destroying stuff in your life. You need to go turn it off. Go turn off the TV. Go turn off the YouTube. Go turn off the Facebook. Go turn off the Instagram. Go turn off anything, Twitter, anything that's stopping your mind. How about this? How about if somebody's telling you negative things, go find people who put positive things into you, helping you to see. You know, if you can just see it, you can believe it. And if you believe it, you can walk in it. You know, the the problem is, is that there is a ditch, but nobody can see how to get out of the ditch. And see, all this is trying to tell you is that if I can see beyond it, then I can go, there's something other than what I'm in. I know, this is, I know this is hard, okay? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it up. We're going we're gonna to have some fun this morning. But I want you to understand is that there are things in your life right now that you consider to be unfathomable. You can't get over it. There's never going to be anything that's going to be any better. You know what? If you died tomorrow, you got a heaven here with Jesus. Woo! Man, I just turned it up, right? Everybody's going, Jesus! Woo! I'm going to go see him. Well, you know what, if we lived our life that way, then we wouldn't go, well, what if I die? Well, if you go see Jesus, you know, we, we need to, we need to understand where we're at and we need to go, well, I am in a ditch. Let me get out of the ditch. You know, all these people, we were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about people who were on the fence about something. On the fence about believing in Jesus, on the fence about healing, on the fence about all kinds of stuff. And guess what? If you're on the fence, then, then Romans 10.10 10 kicks in. No, Romans 10.3 kicks in, where he says anybody that tries to go over the fence to get into the sheep pen, that they're a thief. And you go, well, Dusty, you call me a thief? You trying to get over the fence? Are you on the fence? Or are you trying to go through the gate? Because he says, I am the gate. I am the way in. And see, if you decide, I want to get in. I want to, I want to take myself and I want to take, I want to take my, my doubt and my unbelief where I'm going being tossed back and forth. Well, guess what? You got to put your faith in Jesus. You got to let him show you where to go next. See, all we're this close. From getting out of our ditch and being on the road, going through his gate. You know why the the gate is narrow and the path is straight, is because he doesn't want you to get off the the path. If it was windy and curvy and you're going really really fast, what happens when you go really really fast and you're going around a curve? You go flying off the the curve, right? Woo, Joanne, I I can tell you've tumbled a couple times off the curve. Joanne's been like, ah, you know, flip. You know what? These are the things that we have to remember is that if we're going around a curve really fast, then we're going to get hurt. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to make your paths straight. So you can go as fast as you need to go. You're not going around a curve. You're not not getting yourself in a ditch anymore. See, that's the whole thing is that we go, wow, that curvy path looks really fun. And Jesus says, go through the straight gate. Go through the straight path. And I'll give you a way to where you can go as fast as you need to go. And this is where I want us to begin. This is where the Holy Spirit is telling each and every one of us that we need to understand that God has good things for you. I got a couple head nods, but I want you to go. "Amen." Amen. Amen. Man, I also need some water. God wants me to get some water. You know that there's a, there's a place that God has in his wallet for you. You know, we got iPhones now. Like I've got thousands upon thousands of pictures on my iPhone. I could show you my kids. I could show you my daughter's wedding. You know, God has his, his proverbial iPhone up there and he's got your picture in it. And he's going, he's going, Vicki, look, I love you. You see this? Oh, Heather, I see this. Jason, you know, do you know that every single time that God is talking to his angels, he's telling them how much he loves you. And we know because he sent his son. Do You know that if I, if I truly believe that, if I truly knew what the Scriptures say about that and I stand in it and I see God with his goodness coming after me. Then guess what's going to happen? I'm going to live in his goodness. There's going to be opportunities for you. You're going to see the goodness of God come to pass in your life. Say amen. 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 All right. There we go. I'm going to just recap real quick. Um, Prosudomai. This word for prayer is a compound word. It means a near wish. It means that if I need to pray for someone, or if I need to pray to God about something, then I'm bringing that to me. I, I'm going near to it in my mind. So I'm meditating. I'm, I'm seeing it. You know, a lot of times people will go, Thus saith the Lord, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this, you know, for everything that you've given us. That is words. But see, we need to be able to see it. God, I see all the things that you've given me. I, you know, it's funny. I can have my eyes open. I can see my house right now. How many people's able to imagine that way? You're able to go down. You know, you do this in your car. You're driving down the road and you've got all the worries of your, of your day going through your head. And you get into your, your driveway and you go, how the heck did I get here? You know how you got there? Is that your mind was completely somewhere else you were thinking about it you were seeing bad things happen to you and all of a sudden your but your body your muscle memory the everything else about you was taking you home you know that this is this is a truth that we need to understand is that is that in our own lives we we imagine all the time you know you're praying all the time some of it is worry some of it is, hey, I'm longing for something that I haven't seen. You know, I, I think part of the problem that I have in my own life is that I will be thinking about things that I need to get done. You know, how many people, while you've been in here listening to me right now, you're, you're actually, I thought you were writing scriptures down. You're writing down, I'm going to go to, I'm gonna go to the, the barbecue joint because I love barbecue more than anything. And I'm going to go buy and buy some milk and I'm going to buy some eggs. No, no, no. We got to get some eggs, you know, because, every, well, everybody's got eggs now. I think we got chickens going on everywhere in the church. But the, the problem comes down to is that we we list out in our heads over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, that this is one of the problems that I have. I'm not I'm not exempt from it. I haven't arrived. But you know, one of the things that I will say is that the more that I start realizing, you know what, I played this video before. I go, Lord, help me. Show me something different. And I start looking for something that I can put good thoughts. I can I can start getting myself to a certain place. So prayer is more about what I see. Than what it is about what I say. Now it's perfectly fine for you to say words. But you need to paint a picture with your words. You need to tell your mind what to think. That's what prayer is supposed to be. Because if you just go God it's bad. Well that's complaining. God already knows. God sees everything. God wants you to paint a picture on the inside of you. Of where his promise has taken you. You know, a lot of times if we don't have peace, we need to go find peace scriptures. If we don't have health, we got to go find health scriptures. You know, that's one of the things about this compound word is that we're supposed to wish. This word wish is probably different than most of the time you see this. Wish is our good thoughts and feelings directed towards others. Or it could be towards yourself. And see... One of the things about worship is it's a compound word as well. And it's proskenio, and it means to fawn, to prostrate to pay one an homage to somebody. It means to kiss the hand. You ever you ever, you know we don't do this in nowadays society but if there was a lady that we thought was really special it'd be like, you know, enchanté. You know. That's like the weird French guy, you know, but if you if you Think about some of these movies that we've seen this about. It was to pay homage to something. Well, you know what? We need to do that with God. We need to say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to see God as somebody special. See, if we're just worshiping and going, how many times are we going to sing this? How many times do I have to act like I'm awake then we've not worshiped anything. But you know what? If, if I actually, when I say, in all my life, you have been faithful. And I see God being faithful in the things that he's done. All my life, you have been so, so good. I can actually see the goodness. You know what? That's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to worship and pay homage Man, I see God doing good things. Amen. Meditate until you illuminate. How many people have been like, man, I don't want to pray. I don't want to do nothing. Well, I've done that and been like, okay, Lord, I'm going to get in the middle of it. I turn on some praise and worship. You know, five minutes later, I'm seeing some stuff. I'm knowing some stuff. And it's like, woo, i have illuminated on the inside of me. I could walk on hell with a water pistol today. You know, that's one of the things that we need to do is every day you sit down and go, I don't want to do it. And you go, but you got to do it. And you go, I don't want to do it, but you got to do it. And then you turn on the worship, you go and you sit down. And by the end of it, it's like, man, I feel like I just had a great workout. I feel like I've just done something that was good for me. You know why? Because you're able to see what you need to do today. You need to walk around and know God's good. If somebody says, we're going to war. You go, I see that the goodness of God is going to follow me all the days of my life. It ain't going to affect me if we do. Oh, I've got a family member that's having a problem. Okay, well, I see them getting better. I see the situation changing. I see God bringing about good things in this situation. I got news for you. This is a different way of thinking, guys. I know this is hard. I, I know this is hard. You, everybody on uh, kind of on the surface goes, uh-huh. But then the moment that you get Monday morning rolls around and you're like, I got to go to work and I got to go deal with stupid people and I got to go get on the road and I got to go. Yeah, it, it becomes hard. You know why? Because it's not a spiritual thing that you're dealing with. It's your fleshly thing. You got to tell your flesh to get out of the way. He's dead. Tell your dead flesh to get out of the way. I spent way too much on this, but I feel like I needed to. This right here is important. We need to take the time and go, you know what? The more you kill that flesh, the less it starts popping back up. You know, there's days where my flesh doesn't even speak to me. And you're going, well, Dusty, you didn't sin that day? As far as I knew, I didn't. Do you know that when you're in the right standing of God, righteousness of God, you know you start thinking more about God and His standing and where you're at with Him than you do about the world. Man, that's a, it's a great day when that happens. Amen. All right, we're going to get into this. A healthy soul produces a prosperous mind. And see, this is, this is going to be key because this goes right along with what I was saying. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish. This is Ukamai. This is the this is the, the back half of the compound word of prayer. And it says, I wish above all things, I, I pray above all things that you may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, I want you to understand something. Prospering in health is good. But you can't prosper in health until you've changed your soul. You know, everybody that goes to Crunch Fitness over here, you know, there's a lot of people. They're in real good shape. They got the washboard abs. I got the keg abs. How about that? Someone's got the six-pack. I beat them. I got the whole keg right here, you know? But see, this is the thing is they'll go over there. You know what they've done in their mind in one area, they have told their soul, we're going to the gym. We're not going to eat. Now, the rest of their life may be completely horrible. But I will tell you this. They made a decision to go and do that. Okay? Just like you made a decision to get up and go to church this morning. You made a decision, that, hey, I'm going to go to work and make some money so I can eat. Do You know that in every way... Before we have health, before we have food, before we have a house, before we have anything, we have to prosper in our soul to know something. We have to prosper in our soul to be able to see that thing. How many people has applied for a job, went on a job interview? Everybody? Okay. Well, when you do that, did you see yourself in that job or did you just go, well, I'm just going through the motions. I really don't think I'm going to get that job. Why would you even show up? See, we need to understand that we see ourselves all the time. Uh, if I could just get this job. And you see yourself in that job. You see yourself going beyond and doing things that are amazing. And then when sometimes when it doesn't happen, you go, oh, that crushed my dreams. We had a friend of ours that we heard about last night, and they had an issue where their event got canceled. And I was just like, just reschedule the event. And they were like, nope, done with it. Not going to do it anymore. You know that just because something is a roadblock doesn't mean that it's a no. You know, there's been plenty of things in my life that were roadblocks. I would not be a computer engineer today working for the power company if no was the last word I heard, right? Because I... I literally had ADD and dyslexia, and I didn't even pass high school. I had to go get a GED, and there was a lot of things that was stacked against me, and I started just working and going and doing, and you know what happened? Is eventually the no's started turning into maybes, and maybes started turning into yeses. And you know what? I took every one of the yeses and the maybes, and I said, God's got a plan, and I saw it, you know, 25, 26, 27 years later, I'm sitting here going, I, hey, it's happened, guys. I, I can go show you where I work. I can, I can go take you to the place. Uh, it, this, is, this is a, it's come to fruition. I don't have to prove it to anybody. So don't try to talk me out of it. I am what I am, right? But see, you may be in a situation where you're like, well, I want to be somewhere else. I want to do something else. And God is trying to get you there, but you got one no. And you said, well, if it was a no, then I guess it's not for me. And see, God is trying to get you beyond that so that your soul prospers and then your body prospers. So John was seeing that, you know, he was praying for believers that they had a healthy mind, will, and emotions. This word soul is in the Greek is psyche. It's where we get like psychologist and, you know, your your psyche is is everything right to, to a psychologist. But do you know that in all of these different things that we're doing in our psyche, we need to just apply the word as much as we apply these stupid things that the world's trying to get us to do. You know that going and finding somebody and and you know, saying, will you forgive me? that That's good. We should go ask for forgiveness if we've done something wrong. But do you know that if somebody has passed on or if you can't do that, if they live in a different continent, they won't talk to you, they won't do anything, you know that doesn't need to stop you. Amen. I'm, amen. amen. Because... You can ask for forgiveness in your heart to Jesus and he can forgive you. He already has, by the way. And then now what you do is you go, okay, I'm going to keep moving on with my life. See, this is one of the problems that we have is sometimes we hit the no and we just stop. And we go, well, I can't do it. But do you know that, that our psyche, our mind, our will, and our emotions, wherever our emotions go, like if we just started, I could sit here and I whip y'all up into a frenzy. I could come up with something that just is, is good to y'all's heart. And I could just talk to y'all and I could get you so emotional that, that eventually your will gets changed, right? Like let's just say for an example, I started saying, you know, kids are, are hungry in alabaster here. And I, I go, we're going to start taking up food. And I put up a kid that's over here, and he's hungry, and, and he's going, oh, like that, right? Everybody would go, where's my wallet? I'm going to get my, my wallet out. Your will would change, and then your mind would go with it. You know, the same thing needs to happen with the Word of God. You need to take and become emotional through worship and understand who God is, and then it changes your will to God's will. And then once you've changed your will to God's will, then now his word will get in your mind and you can actually prosper physically because now you go out. I'm going to show you guys something. I I teach on this all the time. Spirit, soul, and body. I use a a little level here. So this chain right here is connected to my keys. But let's just say this was God. This is the spirit of God. And this is your mind, will, and emotions. So that little bubble is your mind, will, and emotions. And this is the physical part of you. So the physical part goes out here and it can touch and see and taste and smell and feel. And so most of the time people's mind, will, and emotions, that little bubble, y'all see it right there? Well, whatever you elevate is where your mind, will, and emotions are going to go to. So if I elevate the physical things of this world then my mind, will, and emotions will always be on the physical things of this world. But if I elevate the things that are of the spirit, then my mind, my will, and my emotions will be on the spiritual things. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, you may be going, well, Dusty, that was, that was really simple. That was kind of, I'm not even sure why you even showed us that. Well, I, I'm going to tell you why. Because most of the time in our lives, we elevate those things that are physical because it's what we see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. And then our emotions go after it, and our will goes after that, and then our mind follows. How many people go, you know, have you ever seen these people that they'll go out there and they'll they'll find protesters and they'll put, you know, I believe this Change my mind. Crowder. Crowder, you know, these other people, right? I mean, there's a bunch of people that go do it. But see, this is the thing. They will say... They will say change my mind. Well, they've already made up their mind. How many people's made up their mind about things? I couldn't change it, I couldn't do anything. Well, see, that's become a core heart belief to you. And because of that, it would take it would take a lot for me to change your mind about something. If I told you you could be healed of cancer or of a heart disease or anything like that. There would be people that would go, eh, I don't, I don't believe that's for me. But see, this is the thing. If I was able to get the Spirit of God to start showing you these things, well, then eventually my my emotions, my will would change my mind. And if it changed my mind, it would change my belief system. And my heart would be would be following that over following what the world says. You know, I go to the doctor and the doctor wants to, wants to put me on more medicine than, than trying to figure out how to get me off of medicine. We were watching a TV show and, you know, they, if you watch one of the freebies or whatever, they have ads that pop up. Well, there was this thing about mental health. And this girl is on the mental health and says, you know, most people don't even know they have depression until they're diagnosed. I want that to sink in for just a second, because I saw some of y'all go, huh? It means I was perfectly fine. But then I go to the doctor and the doctor goes, no, let let me change your mind about something. You're not fine. You are depressed. Now you're clinically depressed, I can give you medicine that basically takes away your emotions. You see where I'm going with this? See, if I can take away your emotions, then I can start changing your will. And what it does is it puts your mind, will, and emotions in neutral. I'm not telling y'all stuff that's not clinically and medically backed. There's actually psychologists that say what I'm saying here is truth. Okay? So I'm not just giving you like, well, this is just biblical, Dusty. No, no, no. This is actually backed by science. They've watched it. They have seen it. That if I can change your emotions, then I can change your will. And if I can change your will, then I can change the way you think. See, clinical depression is I see something that's bad in my life, and I can't see the good things in my life. Now that I see the good thing, I can't see the good things in my life, then I I only focus on the bad things. And when I only focus on the bad things, then now I follow the pattern of my emotions. And most of the time, it's like crying and whining and screaming, right? Nobody ever says I'm clinically anti right? I mean, how many people have said, I'm clinically anti-depressed. I am clinically anti i can not even get depressed. Like I can't even think about depression stuff, right? I've got one, it's clinically anti But do you know that, That there are always going to be things that are going to try to take away your goodness. And we have to be able to see the other pieces of this. All right. Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you know that when we transform our mind, if I can get enough word in you, then enough words going to get out of you. You're going to start walking in it. And you go, well, Dusty, how do I walk in it? Well, the first thing you do is you put the word in, and the word becomes what you think about. And every time you're thinking about it, how how, how about this? And I'm not going to say, I'm going to, if, if he ever wants to give this testimony, I will. But I will tell you, there are people that I've seen change because they have something bad happen to them. And before they would get all upset, Now, something bad happens to them and they start thinking about the word and about the person. Do you know that the word starts changing the way we see things? Something bad happens to you and you go, something good's coming. Something good's coming. I see it. I know it. I can can taste it. I can smell it. I can feel it. It's happening. It's, we're, we're on the verge of just complete and total victory. You know, this is the thing is that the more word you get in you, you'll be speaking the word before it actually ever happens. I think I've diverted things in my life by just speaking the word and seeing the right thing. Somebody comes along and goes, well, what if this happens? What if it doesn't? You know, people will go, well, you know, you might want to go get a million dollar policy because what if you die? Well, what if I don't? Now I just got a million dollar policy. I just put a lot of money into. There's a lot of people that goes, I got a million dollar policy. What? You saying that's bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that the first thing that a a salesperson that's trying to sell you insurance is going to say is you're going to die. And when you die... You don't want to leave your family in the lurch, do you? Well, I've got insurance. So y'all don't worry about me, okay? But my my point is, is that, you know, you'll have somebody come along and they'll paint a really, a really bad picture for you. And a lot of people buy it. Hook, line, and sinker. Now, there's been times where I go, you know what, it's wise for me to do something because I need to do it. But, I'm also not going to overbuy because I know that that's not what I'm going to focus on. See, this is the thing is that I can put the word in and the word will work. And I believe there's been times in my life where it has changed the path of my life because I've seen it. Hey, how about this? I've got, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, it's over the door. It was on my mirror, it was on my phone, it was on everything. That's how I got out of ADD and dyslexia. That's how I said, hey, I can go beyond where I'm at. Well, you know, 11 years later, I've got a computer engineer, master's in computer engineering from UAB. I'm sitting there going, well, it did. All things did come to pass. Do you know that, At the end of that, I still had to go to work. Work. (laughs) You know, we still have to work. You know, James James is really staunch about, you know, faith without works is dead. Well, it's true, because if you got faith to do something, you don't do anything about it, then it didn't really help you out very much, did it? I still had to go to school. I still had to... Go and do twice amount of work in order to be able to pass the classes as everybody else. You go. Well, how did you do twice the amount of work? I read the thing, the text, two and three times before I actually got it. How many people's read something and you and you just didn't get it? You didn't comprehend it. You know that was my problem. My problem was is I could read something and I couldn't comprehend it. So I'd have to reread it and I'd have to comprehend it. And then I had to reread it and I had to comprehend it. You know, the thing is, is that the more I started believing, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. You know that I actually started getting jobs where I had to go comprehend like lots and lots of documents really quick. You know, one of my jobs nowadays is to sit there and take things from the government standards and go and say, how do we apply this? And we have to figure it out in less than a couple of weeks. And then we have to go implement it within months. Well, you know, 25 years ago, I would have really been bad at this job. I'd have been fired, okay? But now God has given me the ability because I just said, yep, I can I can go read those documents in the name of Jesus. I can do this. I can go write... a." A five-page paper, a ten-page paper, a fifteen-page paper. You know, when people say, "Well, I don't write," you know, "Well, English doesn't matter after a certain bit." Well, I actually do write papers all the time. You know that we we need to understand that if you've got something that you need, God's going to su- supply your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians nineteen. Man, that whole, that, we might need to read that from Philippians 1 all the way through Philippians 23. Let's just do it. How about that? That's a great homework assignment. I'm going to give you all a homework assignment. I want a five-page paper, okay, by next Sunday. All right. What God imagines for us. Jeremiah 29, 11. We, we had healing school. This came up. I decided I'm going to throw this in here. It was so powerful that day. We had a lady that was in healing school and she said, This just keeps coming up to me, Jeremiah 29.11. I don't understand why God keeps putting this in front of me. I don't understand it. So, Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the thoughts. The imagination is what it is in the Hebrew here. It says, I know the imaginations that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That means what I've thought about you, it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Well, most people, how many people, this is your favorite scripture? I, I usually have a couple people. It's like, that, it's a good scripture to have. So I'm not, going to, I'm not going to beat up on the scripture. This is the thing, though. This is why this scripture is so much better. You're going to walk away from here going, man, this scripture is, just means so much more. But you know, in, in Jeremiah 29:11, 11, and this lady was telling us, in the healing school. Well, I just have problems with my job. And I have problems with paying my bills. And I have problems with this. And I have problems with that. And I said, well, I know why the Lord is using Jeremiah 29, 11 for you. I said, but you need to read Jeremiah 29, 4 through like 7. To really understand why Jeremiah 29, 11 means so much. And Jeremiah Twenty-nine four says, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon." I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. If you don't know much about Old Testament history, then you need to understand that Jeremiah the prophet was the was the whining and crying prophet. I mean, he was a he he was at the very he was as the as the first wave was being. Uh, was about to happen. Jeremiah comes on the scene. Babylon's about to attack within months. Jeremiah comes on and he starts putting scriptures on his head. He would actually lay on, on his side for three days and prophesy for three days towards one part of Israel and then turn over on the other side and prophesy for another three days. And you can go to Jeremiah 1 through 5 you know, and, and read all this stuff that he did. But Jeremiah, the prophet, was there to tell Israel, hey, you still got a chance if you get rid of some stuff. God's going to cause the Babylonians to not be able to take you over. And and basically, Israel went, nanny, nanny, but, but. and, And what happened was Babylon came in and took them over. Yes, I did do a nanny, but, but. It's okay. This is the thing, though. Jeremiah 29 comes to the point to where Babylon has taken them in and everybody is afraid. We're going to die. We're going to have issues the rest of our life. And Jeremiah is standing in the midst of them. And he is saying and declaring and prophesying to the people of Israel that's in Babylon right now. And he's saying to them, he's saying, you're captive. You're in prison. How many people have prisons that they go to every day? It may be your job. It may be family members. It may be things that you're having to deal with. Do you know that this captivity is something that, that happens to us and we, we start dwelling on it more than we dwell on anything else? Do you know that I've said this before. There are people who went to prison and when they get out of prison, they don't know how, they don't know how to act in society anymore. That's, that's just the way it's been for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, most people, they repeat something so they go back to prison because it's become like a home. Do you know that this is the same thing is that God was saying, hey, even though you're captive, I want you to do some things. I want you, I want you to know that you are prosperous in your captivity. He was basically saying there is no boundaries to basically hold you down. And it says in verse five, and it says, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and begot sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give, give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there. Uh Uh-oh, I mean, I'm in captivity. I should be getting less rather than more. But God says, no, you're going to increase there. You know why? Because there's a lot of things that if they, they were already in captivity in Israel. They were captive by their sin. They were captive by the things that they were worshiping. They were actually worshiping idols like Molech and all these others. And they were throwing babies in fires and doing crazy stuff. Israel wasn't just like, well, I just didn't pray enough. That wasn't it. It was they started worshiping other gods. And those gods was requiring that they kill their children. See, this right here is giving us an insight into... They were just as captive sitting in Israel than they were in Babylon. You know, they were actually better off in Babylon than they were in Israel. If you go and read Jeremiah and you go read Isaiah and you go read Daniel... You start realizing that their leadership was pretty horrible. Reminds me of something. Where do we live? Anyway. I digress. But see, this is the thing. In their own way, which by the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I was talking to some missionary friends and they were talking about being in Thailand. And I went and ate lunch with them a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about being in Thailand about how people are getting saved, and I was thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe two or three people, and they were like, no, we had an event, and uh, we invited all the villages around, and like 5,000 people show up, and 900 people get saved the first day, and I went, huh, it was like 900 people get, 5,000 people showed up, and it was like, oh yeah, but the other 5,000 got saved over the next like five days, because we just kept the event going. And you go, what? We live in a crap hole compared to that. You know that America has our safeties, but you know you go overseas where it's a third world country and they, they're living from can to can't, right? And guess what? You go over there and start telling them about Jesus and the first thing they do is they go, how do I do this? What do I pay? How can I get it? You know, I went to Costa Rica and was doing missions in the cities and down uh, you know in uh, where the chickamungans, they're the they're the people who are the are indigenous of the area. You know, you can go to those people and you can you can just talk about Jesus. Do you know that they will work 12 hours? They'll get up at like three in the morning, get on a bus, go to work, be on the bus forever work all day long, come home, change their clothes, get on another bus, drive for an hour, show up to a church service that starts at nine o'clock at night. You know why it started at nine o'clock at night is because it took an hour to go like 12 miles in a bus. And so they get on there nine o'clock. The service starts. We go until one o'clock in the morning. They go back home. They get two hours of sleep. They go and do it all over again. And we were doing that five days a week. And you know what was so funny? Is they were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. Thank you for coming. They were coming up to us. I thought, can I move here? Because these people actually, they loved the word. I mean, it was, and they were trying to change their community. And trying to change their families and trying to do things. And we start over here, we're like, well, I might... I might catch it on you know, YouTube. Where, where, Where's your podcast at? You know, I understand that there's times where you can't do things. But I'm going to tell you what. You want to talk about people who are like, they're really wanting it. They're hungry for it. Well, see, this is one of the things. In Israel, they had become so complacent that the word of God was right there. Do you know that God sent four prophets? Do you know all the major prophets... That was sent were sent for this one time period. See, most people think, well, those prophets were over like three, four thousand years. No, no, no. Those prophets came in within 120 years. God started having prophets to come and say, hey, you're getting into bad things. And then he would send another prophet and say, hey, you're getting into bad things. He sent Jeremiah and said, it's about to happen. You got one last shot. And then Daniel is having to take it up from within. And Daniel and them are trying to, are trying to turn everybody's tide back towards God from within Babylon. See, sometimes we think we're in ca- that, well, if this happened to me, it would be captivity. You know, in some of the greatest times of my life has been when I was in need. You know why it was? Because I, I'd gotten over myself. It wasn't because God put me in need. It was because I'd gotten over myself. Oh, I was stupid. Lord, help me. Show me. All right, I'm going to keep going. So let's see. So anyway, he says here uh, in verse 6, take wives and daughters and give your you know wives and daughters to other people so that they can have wives and daughters. So they can have sons and daughters and and increase there and not diminish. In verse 7 it says, Seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away, and and to pray the Lord for it, for it is peace with you will you will have. See, I want you to understand something is that when we ask a question like, Do you see your family and your future the way God sees it for you? Do you see prosperity or prison? Do you see prosperity in prison? You know, this is is where we need to always look. Is the the first time that you go, then you just saw it as a prison. But when you went, you know what? I'm doing something for my family. I'm doing something for myself. I'm doing something for others. You need to go, God sees it so much differently. Do I see it as I'm captive or, or that I'm free? So when we meditate on things like peace, love, health, prosperity, and goodness of God, it builds faith and trust in God's promises. If you go and read a scripture and you're like, wow, I've never seen that happen to me. I've never cast out a demon. I've never, you know, had issues. I've never done whatever. Then guess what? It means it's just a promise that's waiting for you to take, Right? Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely and of good report and any virtue, anything that's praiseworthy. How about this? If I got, if y'all got a good parking spot out, out here and you only walk like five feet or if you walk 25 feet, you know, the we got a small building here. Just praise God. We got a small building. You didn't have to walk that far, right? You can always find the goodness of God in everything. Yeah, if we were like a big, you know, 5,000, you know, 5,000 seat auditorium, you'd have to walk another 30 or 40 feet in order to get somewhere, right? See, this is the thing we need to see that, praise God, I was able to get to my seat in maybe 25 steps. Woo! But you know that we meditate on these things, Then we start seeing the goodness of God happen. Verse 9 says, And the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. So right quick, I'm going to hit a couple of these scriptures because I want you to see where where God was showing people like Paul and them how to handle adversity, but also be able to pray through second Timothy chapter one, verse three. And it says, I thank God whom I've served from my forefathers with pure conscience and without ceasing this word ceasing. Hey, means he's just continuing and continuing and continuing. It means that he never stops. I have remembered thee in prayers. This word's prosodomai day and night, night and day. Do you know that, that prayer without ceasing is kind of hard if I have to pray dear heavenly father really uh, help Brock because he just pff, look at him and um in <laughs> Jesus name I need to pray for Heather because man she's got to deal with Dusty and oh, you know that's pretty hard you know day after day after day after day but how about this if I saw Brock and I saw Heather and I saw you know Jr. and I saw everybody in here and I saw him prospering. I could do that day and night. I could be driving down the road and I think about Jay. And I think about my mom and I think about my sister. And I just think about Ray and, and I start seeing their situation. I start seeing them better. You know, I can do that all day, every day. In fact, it's a whole lot better than sitting there going, well, I got I to go to work and I got to you know, have this meeting and I got to have that meeting. You know, there's plenty of times where the Holy Spirit just goes, stop! Because I'll just be sitting there just mulling over the things that had happened in the day. Well, that day's already passed. Let go of that day. And I just start thinking about the people that are around me. And I start seeing them prosper. See, this is how we pray without ceasing. As I start seeing the goodness of God happening in your lives. I start seeing the goodness of God happening in my life. You know, one of the things, and I might get this wrong, but when I was in uh, Bible college, Andrew Womack and all these other people would talk about prosperity. And people, oh, Dusty's about to start his prosperity thing. Well, you know, God wants you to prosper. But see, he can't prosper you unless he can get it through you. Most of the time we think about prosperity as Is that God just keep giving to me. But you know, I found that the more money and the more time and the more uh, resources and all these other things. You know, resources is as good as money. You know, God is more about resources than he is about the almighty dollar. Who created the dollar? Did God create money? Anybody? No. In fact, it says in God we trust on the dollar. But do you know, there was a printing press somewhere up in like Virginia that was printing that money. Do you know, this is a man's concept about bartering. But God prospers us through, through resources, time, and through opportunity. Say resources, resources. Time, time, and opportunity. opportunity. Do you know that money is just a resource it's not the prosperity and see the thing is is that if he can he can't get it to you if he can't get it through you god is looking at a way to where you're given to others and you're also your needs are being met your resources your time and your opportunities And it says here in second, amen, it is good. Second Timothy chapter one, verse four. And it says, greatly desire to see these things. This word see, I wish I'd underlined it. To see these things. I greatly desire to see these things. Now, Paul's in prison, guys. I want you to understand he's actually captive. He is in a prison cell. It means that he's not seeing much than just a wall and then some bars and then somebody brings him something to eat and that's all he gets. He's in prison. You know that he greatly is desiring to see these things. It means that he actually sees them in his mind and he's believing they're coming to pass in the physical. And you know what happens? He actually later on gets out of prison. You know, Paul would go into prison... He'd be there for like a couple of years. They'd release him because they couldn't keep him for very long because they'd bring him in front of the magistrate or whatever. And he would go, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. I'm also Jewish. And they would go, crap, I can't just do whatever I want to. If I was, you know, that was one good thing about being Roman. And that's one of the reasons why I believe God called Paul there is because he had dual citizenship. You know, it'd be really easy if I was, if I had citizenship in America and I had citizenship in Costa Rica, because I could go to Costa Rica and I could just say, I just am. I'm here. I'm, I'm a citizen. Well, you know, when I went to Costa Rica for the mission trip, we had to tell them we were on vacation because they were actually telling people, if you come and say you were doing ministry, they would turn you away. They put you on an airplane and send you back. You know, they're doing that in Africa and they're doing that in China and they're doing that all over the world. And people are having to get vacation visas to go do these things. But see, Paul had the best of both worlds. He could go into Israel and he could go into any Roman territory. Rome owned it all. So he could walk in, he could say anything he wanted to about Jesus. They come, they arrest him. Most of the time it was the Jews going, hey, kill him. We don't like him. He's saying stuff about Jesus. They go put him in front of the magistrate and they go, Oh, so you're a Jew? And he goes, I'm a Roman Jew. Uh-oh. We can hold you for a little while. But do you know that they would have to let him go? And it wasn't until a crazy emperor called Nero actually killed him. Because he, if he had followed the law, Paul would have lived it out his days. But see, this is what I want you to understand: is that. He was wanting to see this, he was believing, he was standing on it, and it happened. I greatly desire to see thee, being mindful of thy tears. That means he saw that Timothy was upset. You know, being mindful just means that I, I, can, I can see it, I know, I, I'm, I empathize. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important for us to have conversations with people and see their, where they're coming from is because you need, to, you need to be able to see with them their situation and then also help them see how to get out of it. And it says right here, Being mindful of, the, of your tears that I may be filled with joy. See, Paul was trying to say, hey, I'm seeing a good outcome come here. I want you to see it too. I know you're upset, but I want you to see what I want you to see. And that means I'm going to come see you. means that this situation is going to change. That the goodness of God is going to happen in your life. And you know what? It did. Paul gets out of prison and he goes and he preaches for like another five to seven years before Nero takes him over. Do you know that this is one of the things that I want you to understand is that we need to be able to help people see their not just their captivity or the issues that are going on in their life but we need to be able to help them see out of their captivity because you know what if you were in prison and thought you're going to die and you're sitting here telling Timothy hey we're believing we're going to get out of this you know there was a couple times Paul said hey I I would much rather like Philippians Philippians chapter 2 I believe it was. He said that it's better for me to stay it's better for you if if I stay, it's better for me if I go on to be with Jesus. You know, that's one of the things I look at. I'm not staying for I'm not staying here on this earth for for me. I'm staying on this earth for you. I'm staying on this earth for my family. That's the reason why I want to be here. You know, most most atheists, if you go talk to them, they're trying to hold on to life for themselves as long as possible because they only think it's a dirt nap. And this is the problem, is they're going to wake up after they've died, and they're going to find out that they're going to be separated from God. See, they think they're separated from God now. But see, hell is a lot worse. Hell is a lot worse. And it's not just a fiery pit. Do you know that right now, everybody on this planet has the power of God around them, the Holy Spirit. It is ever present. you know that hell means that I will be in utter darkness if I was there? It means there would be no peace. There would be no goodness. See, a lot of times people go, well, I just don't want to burn for, you know, eternity. You'd rather burn than to, if I constantly was in no peace. How many people has been super depressed? Anybody? Think about that times a million, and that's the way you would be for eternity. I'd rather get burned. See, this is what I want you to understand is that God does not want to separate himself from anybody. He wants them to come into the mix and into the fold and into the family of God. You know, Paul knew Timothy was in anguish, and that caught him up into some anguish, but Paul was painting a picture of a happy reunion. And like I said, it happened. So this is the thing. There, there's only one way to pray without ceasing, and that is keeping your vision in your heart, your belief system. You know, the moment that the Lord puts somebody on my heart, I think about that person and I start praying for that person. And the way I pray for that person is I start seeing them in the best place that they're supposed to be. And you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit shows me what to pray. I just said it again. He shows me what to pray. How many people's had the Holy Spirit talk to them? How many people's had the Holy Spirit go, Vicky? Pray for them like this. Did that happen? No. Not that loud. But do you know that the thing is, is that most of the time when the Holy Spirit's talking to me, it's not an audible voice. It's somebody pops up in my mind. And then I know the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me something. And I go, Lord, show me. And then I start seeing things. And I might even call them. Do you know that this is one of the things that we need to understand is that, is that we need to have the Lord show us things about people. If something's on your heart, don't just go, well, in Jesus' name, I hope they're okay. Let me keep doing my day. You know, you pray and see until you've got a release. You know, the burden. You know, every time I've ever had a burden for someone... I've called them up and they were like, yeah, I'm going through something bad. You know, I don't think I've ever, if I've actually had a burden and the Holy Spirit's putting somebody on my heart, they were like, no, it's perfectly fine. You know why? It's because, especially if they're a believer and they're like, I'm going through something. The Lord loves them so much. He wants them out of it. He wants them to see their salvation. He wants them to see where they need to go next. So that's why we should, you know, uh, we should basically pray the way that I believe is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, praying without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When we pray... And we pray without ceasing. We see the things that we're supposed to see for ourselves and for others. That's the will of God for your life. A lot of people go, well, what's the will of God for my life? Well, guess what? It's praying without ceasing, seeing the goodness of God. Those are the things that we need to know. And it says in verse 19, do not quench, do not stop the spirit. How many people has had a time where the Lord told you to pray for something or he brought something to your remembrance and you were like, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, there's been plenty of times. And then the Holy Spirit goes, it's not Satan for you to go and be a pastor. And I was like, oh God, help me in Jesus name. Because, you know, sometimes you're sitting there going, I don't really know. It's like this job. I get called up last week and they say, hey, we want to swap your job. So I go from six people to 16 people. You know, the first thing that I said was, no, I don't want to do this. Do You know that in all of this, when God tells you something, we shouldn't stop the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes God will tell you something and we call it putting on a shelf. It'd be kind of like if, you know, I got this clicker in my hand. Well, I don't want to hold it anymore. I'm going to put it on the shelf. And then later on, the Holy Spirit goes, you remember that thing? Let me, let's go back to it. See, this is what we need to understand is that, is that when we stop the Spirit, it means that I dig my heels in and say, I'm just not going to do it, Lord. Do you know that this is where we need to go? Okay, God, I'm open to it. Help change my heart. You know, when I w- wanted to go to Bible college, um, it was, it was months after I actually started Bible college. I didn't want to go is basically what I'm saying. Do you know that in everything that I did, I just had to trust the Lord. And he eventually, it was like, now this is a desire. I want to do this. Wow, I'm starting to see better. I'm starting to do better. You know that sometimes God's going to talk to you about something and he's going to push you in a direction. You just need to go, okay, Lord... Let's go down that path. Verse 20 says, and do not despise prophecy. Man, most of the time people go, you know, well, if somebody comes up to you and says, thus saith the Lord, Lindsay, uh, your life is going to be three, you know, antelopes walking in the midst of a, of a field. And there's going to be a jackrabbit. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know that that's not Prophecy. You know what prophecy really is? How many people want to know what prophecy really is? Woohoo! Good. I got two people. Anyway, prophecy is this. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you, and then somebody comes up and says, I feel like the Lord's telling me that something about you, and it lines up with the Holy Spirit. If somebody comes up to you and says, I believe you're going to go to Africa, and you're going to start a mission, and you're going to do blah, 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 And the Holy Spirit's never talked to you. You go, oh, okay, thank you. And you go put it on the shelf over here. You know what? That's not, see, prophecy is about something that has to do with spirit and truth. And if the spirit is talking to you about it, all it is is backing you up. And you may go, well, the Old Testament prophets like Jeremiah used to go and tell people stuff. Well, they didn't have the spirit of God on the inside of them. You know, you are different than people who are unsaved, right? I, I hope everybody believes that. That when you got saved, that Second Corinthians 5.17 kicked in, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, that the Holy Spirit married up with your spirit, and then now you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and now because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you get to be in on the, on the deal. The Holy Spirit's constantly talking to you. You're just sometimes not listening. You know, uh, Andrew Womack talks about radio waves. He doesn't know that much about them, but he talks about how they're everywhere and they are. And he talks about tuning your spiritual radio into listening to the to the Holy Spirit. Well, do you know that when we actually understand that that when we hit the frequency then that's when we're going to actually get the message. You know, a lot of times we're hearing stuff and we're like, that doesn't sound right. And that doesn't sound right. And that doesn't sound right. You know why? Because it says that it says in his word that my people will hear my voice. My sheep will hear my voice and no other will they follow. Well, you know what? If you've been saved, when the Holy Spirit starts talking, you're going to hear him. Amen. Amen. And see, prophecy nowadays is not about thus saith the Lord, you're not able to hear the Holy Spirit and I have to hear it for you. You know that the mantle of the Holy Spirit came on certain men and they went and told nations. That doesn't happen anymore. Prophets are still around, but prophets, they prophesy the things that you know. And you go, yeah, that's right. Oh, that, that's something the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about. You know, I went to a thing last year, and we had started the church. We'd been here for over a year, and, and I was going through all this stuff, and I said, it was just one of those low times. You ever had a low time, you're doing something for a little bit, and it was like, it's just not, things are not happening the way I wanted them to happen, right? All of a sudden, this man comes that, uh, Greg Moore, he's, he's a minister that has been at Karras and everything, He's at this conference and he calls me out in the middle of this sermon and he just says I'm just telling you that God said it ain't over. You think it's over? You know, there's been plenty of times in my life I've seen things and I thought it could go one way or the other. And the Lord says, "Keep keep seeing, keep going." And Greg Moore tells me this and I write all this stuff down. I actually have it on on a a video. And Heather and I are sitting there and I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep seeing. You know that all kinds of things could happen and the Holy Spirit just keeps saying, keep moving, keep going. It's not over. You need to believe that it ain't over for you until you quit breathing and you're six foot under keep moving and keep going amen amen we have to test all things and hold fast to what is good and whatever is good is what the holy spirit is telling us pray without ceasing is seeing the truth continually see it in your mind until you are thankful You know, if I just told you something was good and you went, oh, that that sounds good. But until you actually see it in your mind and go, you know what? I'm thankful for that. It probably hadn't happened to you. You probably haven't fully integrated that. You haven't meditated until you illuminated, right? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Don't stop him from working with you. Prophecy is just foretelling the truth, the things that are in you. And if you have never seen, meditated, or prayed about something, then test it out based on truth. Let the truth rule your mind. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, don't meditate on it. If you go find the one, the one Scripture, you know, Jesus wept, well, then Jesus must have been sad all the time. No! You went and found one Scripture. Go find some more. Jesus was good, and he wanted good for people. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray in Jesus' name that for each and every person that's at the sound of my voice, I pray, dear Lord, that you are just helping them to see and to pray through the mind's eye that you have given us to where we can meditate until we illuminate, Father, that we get a word from you, Father, in your word that we search it out, that we see the truth and that that spirit and that truth goes from the natural to putting super on it so that now we have supernatural, Father. And Father, I just pray, dear Lord, that you are showing people things that they can pray for their own lives, that they can pray for others. Father, get it through them so that you can get them to them. Father, I just pray, dear Lord, that there is prosperity and peace and and contentment in each and every person's heart and that they see good things for their lives and the people that are around them. Father, I just pray over each and every one of them as they go out this week, just help them to be the, the, the carrier of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we just thank you, dear Lord, for it in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be down front. Y'all have a great week. Y'all are dismissed.